Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. In terms of social media censorship, we have a news story out this week by Mr. James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. He had a whistleblower from Pinterest come to him, showing him how Pinterest has blocked people from posting pro-life content on Pinterest. Specifically, they put a pro-life group called Live Action on a block list with porn sites. So basically, a pro-life site was equated to porn sites and put on the same block list. The uh, internal employees were also called calling Ben Shapiro a white supremacist. Pinterest has now permanently banned the live action Pinterest page for, quote, misinformation, unquote. And YouTube pulled the Project Veritas video from YouTube completely. And they also pulled Tim Pool's video talking about the Project Veritas video, which is all public information. And they pulled it for saying that he had private information on there. You know, it's all public. Well, there was mixed signals about because because on one because uh, when they played his video, they had one of it. Well, I think one of his comp- one of the complaints was a content. I think it was a content complaint or something along those lines. And then when he when he tried to look it up on another avenue, it was saying it was like a legal. It was like a legal complaint or so, something along those lines. I don't know about so that. So it's very mixed. Yeah, they're like they're they're enforcing this thing. With vague terms and sending a bunch of mixed signals, it's just like it's it is th- this week's been really bad for YouTube creators. It's yeah, terrible. I've also seen that a bunch of YouTube creators have gotten certain warnings on their pages when they're uploading videos. Now I forget specifically what it said, but Paul Joseph Watson was talking about this. Oh, Black Pigeon Speaks was banned from YouTube too this week. Yeah. He got put back on, but he has half a million subscribers. Was banned from YouTube. Now he's back on though, which is good. Alex, what do you think of all this? Well, you know, it's kind of ironic where they'll go and group a pro-life, you know, organization with, um, you know, pornography websites. It, it's really kind of ironic. <laughs> but, but no, like, see, if they truly believe that they upload bad and like false information or like it was illegally recorded, then why did they allow the um, those like train the tapes with Trump talking about grabbing by the meow meow. Yeah. Yeah. They allow that. That's okay. Cause the liberal journalists or, you know, someone with a liberal agenda put up there, but it's not okay with conservatives to do that. Like this, this is becoming more and more common. And I hope that some reports this incident to, um, I know like Trump has that like website where he can report stuff from like a big, big media companies like YouTube and, Facebook, that's like cons- like uh, attacking conservatives, mm-hmm. like bias. So maybe mm-hmm. it'd be nice if Trump would actually do something with, with it. I don't know what he's going to be able to do, but maybe they'll get like an antitrust violation or like violate the Voting Act or like the fair, whatever that the SEC or something. FCC or the not or no the the voting one. Was it was it the SEC? I think so. Actually, yeah, I see what you're saying now. I could be wrong, yeah. but. Because that's, you know, this is basically becoming a mouthpiece for the liberals. I think after the Trump election, they've gotten so scared of conservatives anywhere, they just want to ban them. But they saw they could actually, like, unseat an unpopular liberal. Well, the thing that I've heard from James O'Keefe's videos and Breitbart articles on big tech censorship is all these tech companies are saying, we let Trump win 
we let Trump use our platforms as tools. If he used us against um, ourselves, and we're not going to let it happen again. This was a fluke. It's not going to happen again. So my feeling, my opinion, is that they are doing all of this because they don't want him to win again. And they're slowly doing it. They're doing piece by piece, you know, a little step by step until you might. I've heard there are rumors that Paul Joseph Watson is about to get banned soon, too. That's what I heard in a bunch of Telegram channels. I think they put way too much stock in the Cambridge Analytica thing too. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was one of those things that they force-fed down our throats. Like, oh, it's Cambridge Analytica. That was one of the reasons that Trump won. Like, while that may have been a tool and it might have helped, I, I don't know. I don't know. But what I yeah. do know is, when he toured around the country, he filled out stadiums, or he filled out arenas. I'm sorry. Like, you knew there was a movement coming. Like his whole election campaign, there was a, it was more than just some Facebook program, right? There was more to it than that. And like, and you're really starting to feel there's, there's, I I feel like this, this could backfire on the Mm. Democrats. If they keep, if, if they allow this mess to keep to happen, I think it's going to backfire on them. I really believe that. Alex, anything? The thing with Cambridge Analytica, too, is you have to go and think they're only showing you what, what happened to the Trump campaign, not to mention how many t- like how many times the left has you know worked with other shady companies that just haven't gotten the media attention that did the exact same thing. This is common within politics and within advertising. Like, have you ever been on like Facebook? Oh, yeah. And you'll, you'll be talking about, like, let's say um, Subaru talk about Subarus and then like you see an advertisement for a Subaru Impressive pop-up yeah, or cookies. About, like, anything and no one's like I'll see every once in a while Facebook post like oh this is scary but there's no actual like push to stop this sort of thing you know Facebook is just blaming this on some other like third party company when they should be the ones facing significant like legal action mm-hmm. yeah, but gotta blame it on Trump Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, when Obama leveraged social media in part in similar ways that the Trump campaign did, and, um, you know, there was no outrage like, oh, it's revolutionary. It's, you know, so ingenious. It's innovative. When Trump does it and it takes up to another level, that's basically the same thing. They kind of freak out over that. And, and, and this brings up the question like, the, the, the publisher platform question like who who are you like are you a publisher or are you a platform yeah yeah like i think i do i do believe they should redefine 230 of the communication oh yeah you're talking about that last week yeah. sticks yeah like they should i think they should redefine it and like just go look if you if you if you discriminate like if you're a platform you're not supposed to be Discriminate. So you're, you're all you're doing is being a platform for other people to put their content on. Mm-hmm. If, and if you're a publisher, then like you can get sued. So mm-hmm. what's what? Yeah. Um. So and so YouTube is in this position to where they're like, you know, they're enjoying all of the 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 legal benefits of you know not get not having to get sued because they're a platform, but they're you know at, they're kind of acting as a publisher mm-hmm. yeah i think they're gonna have to define which which platform is which and then there's gonna be some new regulation put in place on this yeah but i i honestly think trump 
knows he's got to do something about, but he's waiting till... I think he feels he can wait till after the election. I think he feels he can use this as an election issue. But the problem with that is... If you, you know, wait too long, it could be a disadvantage. Exactly. That that's the that's the tricky game we're playing here, and it's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he needs Congress to pass anything to fix any of this, because obviously the Democrats won't pass anything that helps him. So it's 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 a double-edged sword that he's wielding here. But we'll we'll see how that goes. You see, you see what Elizabeth Warren said? She no, was I like, didn't. Oh, if I'm gonna if I win, President Warren is gonna <laughs> break up break up YouTube, right? And I'm like, well. Like great, but that how does that help? How does that help the current situation? Like yeah. you break it off, they they could still do the same thing that they're doing. All they're doing is all you're doing is just breaking them down into smaller companies. It's mm -hmm. like well, what are you talking about? No, the 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 law has to like the 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 definitions have to be right, like to yeah to, to be able to actually. I, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, we were talking about that. Warren's talking about. We were talking about that last week with Trent. I was a little confused because he said they need to be broken up too. But I think we definitely need. It'd be great if you could break it up. Like if you could. Break oh yeah, it if you up could, it would be and, great. And and if you if you change the definitions or make the definitions more clear, because two thirty of the Communications Decency Act was created in like nineteen ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Like none of these companies were even around back then. So, like, you need something that's kind of updated. But exactly, right? you need a modern Communication yeah. Act. Speak. Well, well, yeah. You want to say something? Yeah, well, here's another thing that's, like, really kind of messed up. Like, they have all these companies, and they're not even – some of them aren't even, like, related to each other. Like, for instance, Tinder and uh, Facebook. But if you don't have a Facebook account, you can't make a Tinder account. At least, you know, back in the day when I actually used that. So think about this. You know, you lose just one account, you know, and you can't access potentially, like, a bunch of other software. How is that not, like, collusion, basically, where you have to have one account? to be able to go and like do anything with basically your life like your online yeah. life. Yeah. Well, with Tinder, you can use your phone number to create an account. Oh. Well, yeah. well I, th I think you have a Facebook account or like it would take your photos from there. It does. Yeah, you can sign in with your Facebook, but I think you bring up an interesting point still, which is what if there is a platform, let's say Tinder, for example, gets rid of phone number login. They get rid of Google login and the only way you can log into Tinder is on Facebook. That I don't like. I don't know if there's any legal problems with that. Like, is there? Like, because that's a weird situation where it's limiting well, you to only one login multi, through one. M MFA will never go away. Like multi-factor authorization, that, that's yeah. never going to go away. Because Amazon, Amazon does that too, and they're like, like they, their AWS system uh, does that. Like, you're not going to get away with it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get rid of it. Well, you could use yourself and like, that's fine. But like, there's certain softwares that will be like, you need to sign in with your Facebook account to do this or to do that. And, oh, like, to do some like, features. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what, not even just for that, but some like entire services, like a lot of them are smaller, but you know, sooner or later you can get some pretty big ones. And yeah. like, let's, let's say that years from now, you know, like you cars like Tesla and it's like, oh, you need to go and have a Gmail. Like, you know, for an Android phone, you need to have your Gmail account. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Let's say, you know, 10 years from now, your cars are going to require like Gmail account to uh, sign in, like to be able to like, drive your car like a Tesla. Mm -hmm. Think about that. You know, how 
much of a disadvantage would you be at? Like, let's say you're just banned from one of these services, like Gmail, like Google. Mm-hmm. You would be unable to like really do anything, and I think that's the kind of scary thing. Like, I mean, yeah, you could go and buy an old car, or you could go and buy some like crappy knockoff, but you would be so significantly disadvantaged. And I think there is laws against uh, that to a certain extent. It was like back in the antitrust days. Yeah. You know what the future is, man? It's going to be when they put a chip in your, in your body and then that chip automatically unlocks the car, man. You got to beware. Oh, is that chip going to be made by Google? This chip's going to be made by some corporate overlord, man. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And, and honestly, though, that can become an issue, too. Imagine if Amazon, who is big into AI, makes an AI for your home that's spying on you. Oh, wait, they already are with Alexa. Uh, you know, they, they, they can make some, you know, more products in the future where you you have them integrated in your home and they're controlling your life. You're not in control of your life anymore. The technology controls your hey, life, not you. Google's doing it, too. And Google, yeah. Yeah, I, I always say the biggest, like, of all the tech platforms, I think Google's probably the worst along with Facebook. Those two, I think, are the worst for privacy and worst for conservatives in general. I would say, even though Apple has banned Alex Jones and does a lot of bad things, and Milo agrees with me on this one, they're probably the best platform now in terms of, you know, of, of a place to be as a conservative, even though they're not great as a place to be for conservatives. They're so better than all the other ones. I, I don't know about that. Like, none of them are actually good at their, uh, you know, privacy. None of them really value it. Like, fate, like, Apple pretend to be good, but, you know, like what you mentioned, like, the only, the only social media websites that are, like, any decent for conservatives would be like 4chan because it's anonymous. Yeah. You know, back, back in the day when they used to have a Yik Yak, that was a good website for conservatives because you could basically say what you really want to say. Mm-hmm. You don't worry about, you know, real ID and, you know, unless you did something really outrageous, you wouldn't be banned. Well, like, right now, Telegram is doing that for conservatives like Milo, Paul Joseph Watson, Roger Stone, Lauren, uh, I don't know if Lauren Stone's on there, but Tommy Robinson, a bunch of them are on there for now. Well, see how uh, yeah, see how long that lasts before it goes away of like Gab, where basically all the big money stops coming in, they get their payment processors ripped out. Yeah, that's another thing. Why? That's another thing they need to tackle too. The financial, like you can't, like that's a problem. Like, like how how are you not? Like that bothers me probably worse than the advertising does. Like when you like you're telling me you can't make financial transactions yeah, based that's off worse. of what you get. That is that is scary. That's crazy. That is really scary. Well, we'll transition to one more topic before we do our interview of Liberty Doll. That's coming up right after this. Uh, let's talk about E3, the big gaming conference that happens every year in uh, California. This year was an interesting year. Uh, I, 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 there were some things I kind of expected, some things I didn't expect. Uh, did, did you guys watch any of the coverage or watch any of the press conferences, trails or anything? What, what were your thoughts before I dive into mine? Um, I did see that they're remaking Destroy All Humans, so I'm very happy about that. But other than that, I listened, I like, I think I listened to Mr. Medicare, he had a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. And all like the, I, I think it was Square Enix's part. But other than that, like that was really all I listened to. I used to love this stuff. 
Yeah. Like back when before used to be around, I always used to go and watch that. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal as it used to be when all the companies like did actual like live performances. Now mm. a bunch of them, if I remember correctly, it's all like pre-recorded stuff. They don't really show too many live game footage. Yeah, I heard the Microsoft conference specifically, and from what I've seen too, showed like no gameplay. Halo Infinite had no gameplay, which upset a lot of people because that game was hyped last E3. Yeah. And then this E3, all they did was kind of like hype it up a little Another more. One. Yeah. You they're, know. they're probably they're probably the George R. R. Martin of E3. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, it's coming! Oh, it's, it's coming! coming. <laughs> it's coming! <laughs> like, and Halo Infinite is the dragons, right? Oh, yeah. they, they're coming! They're coming! Don't worry. When's the winners coming? It's just just like, a month oh. away. I'm almost done. Month passed. Uh, it's almost there. I just gotta make oh. a few more changes. Man, when is it coming out? Mm. But like Doom Eternal, I'm like, I'm excited for that. That looks pretty. That that, that looks pretty sick. Uh, the Final Fantasy remake. Yeah, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 7 is being remade. That looks pretty cool. Fallout 76 is getting fixed. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good of them. <laughs> Big news. Oh, did you see they actually sent out the canvas bags to the people who ordered them like a year later? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what was the deal yeah, with like, that? So originally, they when they pre-ordered it, they promised they'd get like a real canvas bag, and it showed they showed a picture of it, and then the people got like some really crappy like nylon bag. Like, oh, I would have rather them it. sent them a potato sack bag. Yeah, like they said that the reason was due to cost, which what? was kind of ridiculous. You can't promise someone that, so they gave everyone who ordered the you got the pre-order instead five dollar like Nuka Cola points or something. Which you know you couldn't be like you could go and buy weapons skins or something with uh -huh. it, and people were very upset. Like that entire game has been bungled so bad. Yeah, I heard it was really bad. It was an incomplete game that just was disappointment after disappointment. Yeah, like see, my brother actually used to go and uh, work for Zenimax, who you know if, I don't know if you pay attention to that stuff, but they did like Elder, like he specifically worked on Elder Scrolls Online, and they, mm -hmm. you know, I, I I don't think he even was a fan of that game too much, but it was done a lot better than this one. Mm -hmm. Like, geez, I don't think that they partnered with any sort of other companies like that, but yeah. Well, there's also Call of Duty Modern Warfare coming out again. Uh, I what are they gonna do new with this one? They're, they're using the same title as the probably one of the biggest Call of Duty games I'd say ever. Uh, I remember playing it back in the day. What, 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 what are they doing? Are they just rebooting it? Like, they already remade it once. They like yeah. did the digital remastered edition. So what yeah. Well, this one's going to have, I guess, a, they said a different story, but it's got some of the same characters. Mm. It's not in the same universe, but it's got some characters that are the same. Mm. Uh, there's also uh, Zelda Link's Awakening, which is a sequel to the very successful, um, forget the name of the previous game. Uh, the, oh, Link to the Past? No, it's the uh, last Zelda game that came out. Breath of the Wild? Yeah, yeah, Breath of the Wild. I always forget that name for some reason. And I also saw the well, during the Watch Dogs Legion uh, presentation, which is set like in a future uh, England, and you get to play as a granny and like shoot people and beat people up. But the, I was looking at this and it was like, like London's all desolate and like destroyed. I'm like, is this a jab at Brexit? Is this a Brexit game? And then the, 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 the guy that was announcing the game literally said, you know, Britain's at a turning point. Brexit's happened, and he like transitions into. I'm like, what? This is an anti-Brexit game. 
I mean, you know, it's so funny that like they make such a big deal about Brexit when like back in the day, Britain, like the sun never saw in the British Isles. Like yeah. it was so big and now they're flipping out that it's leaving this like, you know, terrible deal on its own. Yeah. It, and the economy's soaring right now in Britain. I mean, they have their problems, don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of these, you know, the the immigration specifically, that, that was caused by partially their uh, involvement with the European Union. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The EU is regulating their immigration totally unfairly. It's been hurting their country in many ways with the migrant crisis. But I have to say, though, I, I have been anticipating this last game. This is the show stealer, in my opinion. Uh, this game I've been anticipating a long time. Many people have. A Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Whoa, all right. <laughs> all right, Keanu, calm down. Um, yo, I, I... Okay, when that first, like, promo trailer dropped, like, way back, it was, like, 2011 or something, 2010. I forget how far back it's been. It was a long time ago when they had this first promo night. I think I saw it around that time, but I saw it a few years ago. I was like, this looks like a cool game. And then it was rumored they'd be at last year's E3, and I thought, oh, cool, they are, they're probably going to be there. They're going to have a maybe a little trailer, and they did, and the trailer was awesome. The features in it are really cool. It's it's basically GTA in a cyberpunk world. But <laughs> so let me tell you about my part in the game, bro. Yeah, I should let you explain this, Keanu. So, all right, man. So, like, it's like a universe, but, like, in a computer. And, like, there's a, a spoon, but, like, there is no spoon. So it's like, <laughs> whoa, but, like, wow, man. Oh, whoa, that's not it? Okay, all right, all right. So, so okay, so really what the game is about, right, is a, com a, cr a criminal organization tried to... Uh, actually killed my dog so now i gotta take the oh, whole organization oh. out but then there's like a whole bigger organization that i gotta take on so it's like oh, oh that's not it either okay all right all right Whoa, <laughs> all right seriously no so i'm like dead i was like a lead singer of a band bro but like i'm dead but i'm not like really dead but like i'm because i'm like talking to the main character in a hologram but it's like, wow. And like, whoa, man. Keanu, do you realize you're in more than three different movies? I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, it's, I can't keep up with all everything I'm in, bro. <laughs> okay. Okay. I understand. I mean, it's your first time, I think, doing a video game. So it's a big deal. It's crazy, man. Hey, we just had Keanu walk into the studio accidentally. Oh, um, yeah. didn't, didn't know he was going to stop by, but I whoa. didn't even know he was going to crash this E3. He shocked everyone. I mean, okay, I, I like this game was already kind of like gonna no, be a this, big yeah, deal. Yeah, it was crazy. Like as soon as he as soon as he came out, it was like, <gasps> like everybody burst. Yeah, well, because yeah. they showed him in the. They did a great job with this of teasing it, and well, actually not teasing it. Like this, they, they kept this under wraps for years, which is amazing that it didn't get leaked. But basically, they were, um, you know, they 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 they're just sort of talking about the game. There were some cool features, and it was basically going to be GTA, but you could go in every building, talk to every character, and it was ten times bigger than GTA ever was. So it's going to blow GTA out of the water already. It's going to blow GTA out of the water. But then in that trailer they showed the E3, you see, uh, you know, it's like a very sort of, you know, 
nothing special happening in the teaser. Then at the end, Keanu comes down in the game and lifts his shades up being told Keanu Reeves. And everybody bursts out cheering. And then Keanu comes on the stage. And you know, that, that whole thing, I just, when I watch, I'm like, this whole thing's going to be a meme. And when you do watch it, like, it's, it's, it's a meme. It's 100% a meme uh, that, that was just unfolding before my eyes. And it's going to be interesting to see how that game does. I think it's going to be a huge success and it's going to blow every expectation. I mean, Keanu alone, like yeah. nobody was expecting this I mean, at all from this little studio. Like day one, day week one, month one sales are going to be insane. off the charts. I'm going to buy it at some point. Oh yeah. I, oh, yeah. I've, I've been wanting this game for quite a while. It's one of the few games I want because I only play one game right now and that's Star Wars The Old Republic, but this will be my second one. Uh, by the way, that was the worst impression ever. Ever of Keanu Reeves. Ever, yeah. ever. I love your impressions, but that needs work, sir. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I say, though, Keanu was very, very... Uh, uh, he was just so... So Keanu during that. Yeah. And he was kind of... You can tell he's like giddy. He's like, like, yeah. there. He's like a little kid that was coming out. Like, oh my God, I have a new game conference. And that guy goes, you're breathtaking. And he goes, you're breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> you're all breathtaking. But that that was I was uh, to me the show steward by far. It was the, the pro, that project um, was a project. Uh, I forget the studio name. Was it Project Red? I want to say Project Red, but I think like CD Project Red. Or CD something? Project Red. That's it. Yes. Yeah. They they did a Witcher series, and I think this game is just going to blow everybody's minds. It already looks amazing, and I can't wait to see what comes next. I don't know, man. That Destroy Humans remake. Oh yeah, you're hyped for that, dude. I dude that that was the most fun like series I've ever played. At least the first two. Like you just you're like an alien. You can just like shock people and blow people up and like you know abduct cows. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, like no, that was probably one of the best games like of my childhood. It was like wow. the most silly like sort of G. It was almost like GTA because you could just blow stuff up. Yeah. And it got destroyed because EA destroys everything. Same thing with Mercenaries. Like, you know, if they could bring that one back, you know, that that was the probably greatest game of all time. Oh, really? Hey, did you? Mercenaries played on a destruction, especially the first one. Like, the second one got a little bit too silly, but the first one, you know, and the second one is actually starting to be, like, realized in real life because of the, like, stuff that's going on in Venezuela. Like, the whole thing was you're a mercenary and you're like trying to destabilize uh, or kill the president of the Venezuelan. Uh, <laughs> and like you're, there's like US and Chinese involvement in there. And it's actually like really similar to real life events right now, but no one remembers because no one played that game, like, and still remembers that. Well, it's really funny that you mentioned something that's relating to now. Cyberpunk 2020, I think it's called, or 2022. It's the original Cyberpunk game, that was a tabletop game. Mm -hmm. There was a section in like the rules manual, the lore, the backstory. The section was titled Diversity and Unity. And it said, it is now accepted among historical scholars that in the decades before the collapse, America suffered from the sickness of racism and, quote, cultural identity. Everyone wanted to be seen as special. Every group had to be equal or preferably better than its neighbors and fought to protect its special rights. If anyone had something that someone else wanted, they were painted as racist, sexist, elitist, or worse. The divisive me-first attitude eventually tore the fabric of American culture apart and caused it to self-destruct in a fireball of competing ideologies, none of which truly recognize each other's will diversity led to inex inexorably to anarchy wow <laughs> somebody was ahead of their times uh when writing that 
Did you did you hear about the Xbox? They they came out with a a controller. They had one of their controllers, the Elite Controller Series Two. Uh, it goes for a very reasonable price of one hundred and eighty dollars. Oh wow! For a controller, that is insane. So cheaper than the um, uh, Apple uh, Mac display uh, stand. <laughs> Just a thousand dollars. Cheaper than the Apple earbuds. No, I'm just yeah. I'm kidding. How dare you? The AirPods. Uh, I think the AirPods are what, 100 bucks? I think. I think I, I don't. I don't know. I was just taking a cheap shot at that. Apple. I yeah, I, lo- I love AirPods though, so no hate. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> right now, here we are joined with Liberty Doll. Um, Liberty Doll, would you like to give us the first sort of like introduction as to who you are, what you do? Um, you know, just give everybody just your sort of uh, resume, I guess you could say, of what you do. My resume. Okay. Well, um, I am primarily a YouTuber, though I also have a Facebook page and a blog I don't update anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check that out then. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, so I started out as a blog and then shifted over to YouTube. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and I talk about all kinds of liberty-related things, everything from free speech to Second Amendment, um, whatever new ridiculous thing the government or the social justice crowd is doing. Mm. So pretty much anything, anything is fair game. <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. Yeah, you already have 111,000 subscribers, uh, 111 yes. right there. So there you go. You, you got your silver play button, I see, in one of your videos. Have they messed? Have yes, they- I did. It took YouTube like a month, month and a half to review my channel to mm-hmm. the point that I actually didn't think they were going to, but mm. I was afraid to send them an email <laughs> because of all the other channels that were getting shut down. I was like, man, like. If they're not noticing me, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have they messed? Have they? Have YouTube? Has YouTube messed with any of your stuff yet, or? Um. Because they've been yeah, recently, they've... but in the past, yes, a lot. Oh really? Uh, a lot of uh-huh. yes. Um, a lot of my videos that have anything to do with guns are uh, demonetized. A lot of times they're demonetized automatically and then i have to do the manual review process mm-hmm. which yeah wow sometimes they'll do within a couple hours sometimes they'll do a week later usually if i get a manual review then it will get approved eventually um so those my feminine vis my uh, Feminism videos mm. are also demonetized. Of course. <laughs> um, yep. Anything that's about anything mildly controversial. I have a video about um, Title Nine demonetized. Ooh. A video about th- the statistics around school shootings and how it's like a mental health issue. And someone's chance of getting caught in a school shooting is actually rarer than winning the powerball mega millions that video was demonetized and i even the other day i had uh well not the other day a few weeks ago i had put up a video about this bill that was proposed in florida i believe it was that would jail 
kids and their parents if the kid put a picture on social media of a gun or of them holding a gun or a meme of a gun, a squirt gun, anything like that. And that actually was demonetized, also auto-demonetized. And at first, they also told me um, when I first uploaded it, I got like the big black box that said that the content couldn't actually be viewed. Mm. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But then I uploaded a copy a, a copy, and like changed a couple words in the keywords, and then it was fine. Huh. Like, go figure. So, so are most, weird stuff. Yeah, are most of these videos, though, that get uh, demonetized, are, are they, you know, have, has, you know, after the reviewing process, have most of them been reinstated or have any of them been removed completely? Like, what happens after all this? So, as far as them getting reinstated, that's maybe 50 50 at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, my older videos that were demonetized, those half the time they never even reviewed them, honestly, even though the review requirements are that they get, um, I believe it's just a thousand views mm-hmm. and they'll review it. And anytime I see that something's been demonetized, I automatically go in like right away and ask for the manual review. And sometimes they just never do it. As far as getting content taken down, nothing's been taken down, but I've gotten threats that they would take things down twice. Oh, really? The first time, yes. The first time was a video that I did. Uh, probably two years ago now, and it was about the Daddy-O5 controversy. I don't know if anyone is familiar with that, but basically a couple years ago there was this guy that had a YouTube channel called Daddy-O5, and his whole stick was that he was pranking his children, Mm -hmm. but the quote-unquote pranks were pretty violent and abusive and awful, and the kid, like, in some of the videos, the youngest kid who got picked on the most, you could see him, like, punching himself in the face or, like, you know, just sitting there rocking back and forth and crying, and it was really, really awful, the things that they were doing to this kid, and, you know, Philip DeFranco did a video, a whole bunch of people did videos, and I did a video on it from a little bit of a different perspective. Um, I didn't show very many clips, but mm-hmm. my non-YouTube gig is I am a mental health therapist. So I did oh, cool. it from the standpoint of a mental health therapist. And I was like, mm. yeah, you know, these are the possible consequences of what they're putting this kid through. And someone flagged it as advocating for child abuse. Oh. What? Oh, <laughs> yes. And I had to go through this whole appeal process with YouTube. I had to try to explain myself. And they only give you, when something like that happens, they give you this form to fill out. But the form, the online form, is one line where you can put in like 120 characters or something to defend yourself. Like Twitter Twitter gives you more freedom. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if you're not banned on Twitter, you can defend yourself more on Twitter. Jeez. Yeah, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, and then luckily, like, and that was actually um, suppressed at one point, and they put it behind a wall and everything up until that was taken care of, actually. And then the only other time that something like that happened was there was that video that was going around, um, excuse me, I believe it was late last year, maybe early this year, of the vape shop guy oh, that yeah. got screamed out. Oh. Yeah, oh, I can never forget that uh, one. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so I did a video on that and it was up for maybe a week when at that point, apparently some viral video company bought the rights to the original video and sent me with a copyright strike and told YouTube to take down the video. Mm. And I was like, well, I, I, I downloaded my copy from the original Facebook post. Yeah. Um, and whenever there's a copyright strike, right? So the company that files the copyright strike, you can appeal that. Mm-hmm. But the company that originally filed the strike is the one that reads the the appeal and rules on the appeal. YouTube is not involved in that process at all. They completely step out of it. So I had to try to file an appeal for fair use with the company that flagged the video to begin with. And obviously that didn't work. So I just, luckily YouTube has a tool where you can um, edit right from the site. It's pretty rudimentary. Yeah, I've seen it. I was able to cut a couple things out and, and get that all set. But that was threatened. That was not fun <laughs> yeah. and you, at the, the uh, point that was like one of my biggest like fastest growing videos so i was pretty upset about that yeah i would be too yeah. i mean i thought with i know with fair use i've 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 learned the rules and like classes and whatnot but i know like one of the ways that you can apply for fair use is if you're doing parody but if you're critiquing something doesn't that fall under fair use and shouldn't you be allowed to yes. use it yeah yeah just well, the company yeah, just didn't want you to have it uh, Hmm? I said, did the company just not want you to have it and they want to make money off it regardless? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Mm. That's exactly what it was. So you, they you... were going to take the, the video down and get all the money from it. Right. But luckily I won that one. Good. But other than that, like I haven't had too many issues. I've had a lot of people saying that they get unsubscribed from my channel, that they don't get yeah. notifications when they ring the bell. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is uh, several months ago, YouTube had said they would institute this policy where if they thought that the video you were watching was some kind of extremist thing, that (laughs) they would put ads in front of it to lead you away from the video. And a lot of the suggested videos would be things to lead you away from whatever that extremist viewpoint is. Yeah. And for the last couple months, I've had a lot of people sending me messages messages and comments letting me know that the ads or videos before mine are things of like Elizabeth Warren for president or, (laughs) you know, Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all. And that a lot of these suggested videos coming up in their side panels now are very liberal things. And it's only after watching my videos. So I'm like, really, does YouTube actually think that I'm an extremist? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, of course, of you're course to the right of Stalin. You're going to be an extremist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Like, I heard what, what they do now, like Eli the, Eli the computer guy was saying this, like, because with copyright strikes, they have to give you strike, like they, they, they have to strike, like three strikes and you're out kind of thing. Yeah. But like what they're doing now is they're just kicking you off for content. Which that with there's no there's no um there's no real strike scenario. They can just take you off and like yep. you'll you'll never like how do you how do you fight that? You really can't. Right. 
it is with no warning and i'm sure you know they say oh well we're youtube and we'll let you know but even when a video is demonetized anything that youtube does i either never get an email or i get an email a week after they do it to my channel <laughs> so i i mean not only are there no warnings in the strike system sort of sense but there's no warnings where I would imagine that someone's just trying to log into their channel and all of a sudden they get a notification like, oh, sorry, this channel doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So do I they would imagine that's probably how it goes? Yeah. So like I know you mentioned earlier about them showing you like liberal videos as advertisements. Like what I, I'm kind of confused with is like who would really like it? Let's say you're like a hard line, like, you know, really hate Democrats and extremists and like, alt-right or something do you think seeing elizabeth warren video is really going to change your mind like does some executive at google think that that'll actually change people's mind if they see a bunch of liberal advertisements like at well, least we have... i mean i don't think it's going to be changing anybody's mind <laughs> maybe they think that it will maybe they think that it won't at the very least it's a nice sort of little fluffy gesture that they can do to calm the masses but well, what I will say is I've had some people that, frankly, I guess are idiots and comment on my channel and are like, oh, I see that you put an Elizabeth Warren ad right before this video. I'm unsubscribing as if I'm the one that's choosing what's mm. happening before my video. <laughs> well, if I I've saw... actually gotten a, a good handful of those. That's yeah, that's surprising because I mean, I, I, I don't... or there'll be um, impeach Trump ads right before <laughs> my videos, I guess, or is another popular one. And that that makes people pretty upset. And it's like, I can't do anything about that. I have no control over what? that. I mean, I guess I could just not monetize, but. I'm a capitalist, and I like to be compensated for some of my time. <laughs> you work, yeah. Or you, you create these really interesting videos that, like, get something out of it. Yeah. What I was going to ask is um, when you um, when you do these videos and then they, like, demonetize you or whatever, are they still putting ads on that video? Sometimes. Cause like, um, like how is that not stealing? Like if they're if they're putting ads on your video and they demonetize you, like mm, how is that yeah. not stealing? Like yeah, they're not giving you yeah, a cut. I, you know, I don't really know how that works, but there's definitely been times where I have a video demonetized. It says right on my thing. I've got the little like dollar sign with a slash through it or yep. the limited ads, and people are like, yeah, there's still ads in front of this. And it's like, well, I'm not getting any part of that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It is. It no. is. I mean, and I, I know that there is always the argument of YouTube is a private company <laughs> and they can do whatever they want. Uh, but the issue is one, you know, they're always they're always changing their policies. They never give a clear operational definition of anything. So you mm -hmm. don't ever really know what the policy is. They also you know, never alert anyone really when they're going to take action against anything. 
and they keep flip-flopping because they can't decide whether they're a platform or a publisher and the rules for both of those things are very different and i think that they have purposely not labeled themselves either way so that they can go back and forth and change what they are depending on whatever the agenda is for the day now i see that like you definitely have some legitimate concerns about youtube have you attempted to go and use any other like platforms or are there any other ones out there that you think might be able to gain some steam well i do mirror right now on bit and on GunStreamer. i also put up any second amendment related videos up on full 30. um obviously though that's a website that's pretty much exclusively for firearm videos so i can't really put my other content there but those are the main ones i used to also put all of my videos up on vidme which seemed like a really promising platform but they just couldn't they couldn't keep the lights on unfortunately so um a lot of people say that bitshoot is really the way to go um, I just right now I just use it as mirroring. I don't really interact on it all that much. Mm. I also tried for a little while. I think it's DTube through Steam it, but unfortunately I am not good with technology. If I go on a website and I cannot figure out all the features within five minutes, I'm not going to use it. I saw <laughs> you say that about Parler and, and Steam it. <laughs> We're, we're exactly that case. Like, you needed separate passwords and separate logins, mm. and, like, I don't know. Yeah, I saw you say <laughs> about Parler, and I thought the same thing with that app. It's just very clunky and kind of confusing to use. Um, last mm-hmm. question I'll ask, and then I'll let everybody else get one more word in before we have to chop at the end of this hour here. I saw that your most recent video, that's you know, got a lot of views already, 32,000 views about the whole Vox apocalypse. Uh, I'll just ask like two things about that. Number one, what do you think of the whole Vox apocalypse or Vox ad apocalypse? <laughs> Gotta make sure you have that ad part in there. That's what's really about here. <laughs> and number two, how's that video doing? Is it getting demonetized? Because I've heard YouTube isn't very happy with those videos. So surprisingly, it is not getting demonetized, which really shocked me. I just assumed that it would. I assumed it was going to get demonetized in the upload process. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> so seeing that name that alone. It didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe because of the controversy, they were giving it a pass. I don't know, but um, I do think that. I mean, it's a really popular topic, right? Oh, yeah. There might be some throttling going on. I'm not really sure because a lot of my other videos get way more views than that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was just a little too late on the bandwagon. I don't know. But as far as what I think about the whole situation, um, I think it's a load of crap. (laughs) I think that, like, I don't think that Crowder's remarks and things that he said about Mazo were morally right Mm -hmm. but you know i mean it's comedy maza is a self-described gay latino writer for vox he talks about it all the time that's one of his big talking points that he uses as a way to make his viewpoints Mm -hmm. at least appear more legitimate Right. And so I think that really Crowder was kind of just picking on his tokenism. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, the kind of things he was saying, that's like something that you say to like one of your dude bros that you're really close with and you're just busting his balls. That's not something that you say about some stranger on the Internet. 
And it's certainly not something that you say on YouTube when you know that YouTube doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I, I am a little suspicious of the whole thing because they like, sure Mazza says that he went to YouTube about it and that he filed reports and flagged it, blah, 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 blah. But, like, if you are so humiliated by this, if you are so disgusted and hurt and just horrified that there are millions of people watching these videos where someone else is calling you names, why would you then put that all together in, like, a montage and post it on Twitter? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I think he was doing it to play victim and get some hits from and become a bigger celebrity. Yeah. I mean, because if, you know, one of his biggest complaints was like, oh, my God, this video where Crowder called me this name got Mm. a million views. And it's like, yeah, well, your tweet is probably going to get a million views. Yeah. It got a lot of attention from Team YouTube, too. Right. So it's like, eh, like, are you really that hurt about it? No. I don't know. Well, here's the thing with that, like, Mazda guy. He he wants to make himself out to be some underdog, but he works for, like, probably a multi-million dollar company and going up against... Oh, it is. Crowded. It is. So I looked into this for my video. So he works for Vox. Vox is owned by a company called Vox Media, which was valued at $1 billion. And that was... Uh, the last number from a couple of years ago and uh, the company owns altogether six media brands and has gotten grants and donations from NBC and all these other big companies so I mean it's not some dinky little news outlet you know he's talking about Crowder trying to silence him and silence the LGBT community but like it's like dude you work for a billion dollar company Mm. that is going to get a huge media share in YouTube because YouTube keeps talking about moving more towards these authoritative voices which it flat out says on its policy is news networks like CNN, Vox, BuzzFeed, all of these. So, you know, he works for a company that right now is one of the golden children of YouTube. Some, you know, some some conservative guy with a mug club isn't going to silence him from YouTube. Well, and the bigger irony was that Crowder was attacking him for a video he made where Mazda is attacking these big, you know, uh, mega corporations that control the news. Now Fox News is always in your news no matter what. He's attacking these big corporations while working for a big corporation and then complaining that Crowder, the little guy that's selling mugs to support his channel, is actually the big evil in all this. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just so silly. Um, any last words from Phil or Alex? You want to ask her anything? Um, yeah, so have you heard anything anything about the uh, Crowder controversy from um, that Owen guy that used to be Owen on Benjamin. There? Yeah. No, not particularly. I know that uh, wasn't Owen Benjamin like completely kicked off of... Uh, Twitter was it? Yes. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. removed from Twitter, mm-hmm. and he's been saying stuff recently that's been, you know, interesting to say the least. Where he's been claiming that Crowder, when he had the character on his show Sven Computer, who was a German uh-huh. like intern for him, apparently Crowder wasn't paying yeah. him thousands of dollars, and uh, Blaze Media or CRTV, I forget which at the time, 
had to actually pay up their money because Crowder wasn't paying him. Like, I've just heard some weird stuff coming out about Crowder that's oh. really just, I, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, we're all trying to figure these things out. Oh, no, let's be real here. Owen Benjamin's kind of gone off the deep end. If you've, like, ever listened to him speak recently, <laughs> like, about, like, he rants about, like, Jews and, like, the moon landing and stuff. But I, I do think he probably, like, he did work with Crowder for a while. Yes. And I was, I be an avid Crowder listener. And it was kind of strange how, like, Sven and um, all these other people just kind of disappeared. They never said anything about it. Hmm. Take, take that what you will, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just something to think about. Because even Milo wrote a huge article at the beginning of this week about uh, Kalen Robertson and his boyfriend and how they were ripping off Lauren Southern and Tommy Robson, totally defrauding them and spending their money, their donation money on living a lavish lifestyle instead of actually using that money to produce videos for them like they were supposed to. Like, there's just some crazy stuff happening. Wow. Well, and I know that there's been... Um some rumors sort of in the rumor mill about how some of these influencers and personalities don't even actually fully believe everything that they're talking about. And during this whole Vox Adpocalypse mm. issue, Blair White actually put out a video about uh, the whole controversy. And she mentioned in it that Crowder had told her that, oh, you know, a lot of this like non LGBT stuff and anti trans stuff I talk about on the show, that's not actually what I believe. It's just to get views. That's really? what I know my audience wants. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Okay. Mm. Man, it's getting spicy yeah, now. Like, oh. Yeah. Jamie. <laughs> I, I could see Crowder being like bisexual or something. Uh, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. We're just, we're swinging here. <laughs> Yeah, we want to check out every rumor now. <laughs> I can see it. Well, you know, the other thing I heard too through Milo's article was that Lauren Southern apparently was sleeping around with a bunch of big name right wingers to get scoops for her work and to get them to write for her. They've been it's basically been like sex ghost writing. One of them was a Breitbart wow. editor. Yeah, and this is like one of them was a Breitbart editor too that came out and said that hey, she was sleeping with me for a few months to get me to write stuff mm. for her. She doesn't write all her speeches. She doesn't write all the stuff in her videos, especially her documentaries. And, you know, she would just kind of sleep with him and then get what she wanted and drop him cold and leave. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. So the only part about that that I find surprising is really the ghostwriting part. Because as far as, like, you know, someone who thinks of themselves as a journalist sleeping with someone to get a scoop. Isn't that like one of the stereotypes of journalists? It is. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. And apparently, too, Milo, I'll talk about this in the next hour, but Milo said uh, on his Telegram channel, quote, I am told there's a lot more to come out about the Lauren Stefan Australia tour, even more. Uh, I can't say the word on air, so I'll say darning. If Lauren kept the boys around, which is Kaylin and his boyfriend, or the video producers, around after that, if what I'm hearing is true, I'll do some digging and get back to you. So, so like, it's just some weird stuff happening. And I, I, Tommy seemed to just be very sympathetic and thought the best and that they could change, and he found out they couldn't. But Lauren apparently was egging him on and encouraging to do stuff and knew about which is strange unless they had some dirt on her i, I don't know but you know <laughs> some east love drama is going on behind the scenes for sure wow 
but uh, thank you for I mean, coming. That kind of makes me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no problem. You can keep going. It's a little delay, so it's a little awkward. Oh, I was gonna say, um, you know that that kind of makes me happy in a way that uh, you know people are always messaging me and being like, oh, you know, oh, do you talk to this YouTuber? Are you friends with that YouTuber? Mm. Or you know, you should have this person on your show. Or have you seen this video? And I kind of live under a rock because I don't have time for any of that, and it kind of makes me happy actually that I live under this rock because yeah. then that means that I can't get like caught into any of this drama. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I've been involved with some drama here at Penn State and it's like sometimes you just you, even when you don't want to get involved, you have nothing to do with it, you get just like pulled into it. It's like why? Why me? But <laughs> anyway though, this is real news, not the drama show. So <laughs> thank you for coming on though, uh Liberty Doll. Um we really appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you on all these platforms or where have you not been banned yet? Uh okay, so you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Liberty Doll, or you can just search Liberty Doll and I should be the first thing that pops up. Awesome. You can find me on on um, Instagram and Twitter under the handle at the Liberty Doll because plain Liberty Doll was taken for some reason. Um, let's see. And oh, also all of my current, like my newer episodes, mm -hmm. you can also get audio only versions on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Great, great. Well, for now, at least, until you get banned. that's pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, that's great, great. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. We loved uh, this conversation we had. We loved your input. It was all great stuff. We love it. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for having me. No problem. Right. Anytime. Uh, so, we just had Liberty Doll, and that was a great conversation. What did you guys think? Good conversation, yeah. Yeah, she was... Um... Yes, she seems like she knows her stuff. Good on her. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I love having these conversations. Uh, wow. Let's see what we can Am talk about. Am I the only one who thinks that Crowder might be bisexual? <laughs> Owen thinks the same thing. Well, no, like, have you seen him, like, some of these skits out there? Like, the dude looks like Robin, kind of, like, from Batman. <laughs> I just, you know, just run around, like, some of these sketches he's done before and some of the things he's done. I can see it. Like, he has a wife, and they've been married for, like, 10 years, and they don't have any kids. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have kids. He's got a dog, though. Cute little boy. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did have Hopper. Hopper died. Oh. I think. 99% sure Hopper died. Well, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I don't care if he is or isn't, but, like, yeah. I could see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very weird what's happening with him. I, I, all this stuff I keep hearing. Like, Sven, the Sven Kabir thing sounds really dirty. Like, it's, that's just one like, of the weirder oh. ones. Well, it's like all the people used to be on his show, they, they all seem to, like, just disappear. Like Sven Computer, and there was that other guy, uh, Not Gay Jared. Yeah, and Sound Guy Edward. Yeah, like, what, like, geez. Why is it with all these right-wing people, they always have some sort of, like, crazy dirt in their closet? And they'll go and, like, yell at, like, the left for, you know, being terrible people, as they rightly should. But still, you know, they have all these things going down under. So just, like, a thing with, like, I don't know, like production studios where they always have to do some shady stuff. Like I know it's not Weinstein level, but it's like, you know, come on. Yeah, I, I know. Like yeah, and it's really strange too that 
also with all those departures at crowd they all happened around the same time you know it's not like one was a year one was the next year they all happened around the same time it was feng computer then a few months later not gay jared sound guy edward gone 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 and it's just really 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 weird and getting in contact with that guy to get him on campus is impossible let me tell you i've tried to do it last year and this year i've been working on too before all this unfolded and it's he's impossible to reach hmm. he's gone too big for his britches <laughs> yeah there's well, one now, well sorry can you continue yeah but now with crowder i just feel that like especially for i think was it not gay jared who had to go and like basically interrupt an antifa operation like and get knives from them and yeah it took a lot of guts what not gay jared did yeah i i give him a lot of credit for going through with that not m most people wouldn't and sven computer was put into those lgbtq circles at south by southwest where when they were talking about gender and stuff he said like my gender is computer beep 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 and he'd say a bunch of stuff uh, or say my pronouns are something, you know, you need to do stuff where he'd mock it. And Crowder kept like, he put him in a really tough spot. Like, that's something that's really hard to do. Yeah. I mean, not honestly, as far as the media goes, nothing surprises me anymore. If, it, if you said like Steven Crowder was this or Lauren Southern was that, I, there, there would be no surprise at all. Mm. No surprise at all. Um, then again, I mean, is anybody really surprised at anything anymore? I, I don't know. I, way too much going on. Well, what I'll go into now is the big article Milo Yiannopoulos wrote about Kalen Robertson and his boyfriend who were video producers oh, yeah. for Lauren and Tommy and was doing a documentary for Alex Jones a little bit. This is a real, really explosive and shocking story. And I talked about this weeks before this came out. I said, hey, I hear Milo's got this big story coming out, and it's probably about Kane Robertson. Sure enough, it was. And then right after Milo was hyping that, Lauren retired from public life right before this article dropped. So mm -hmm. give you just, I'm not saying anything. I'm just, just giving you guys some context on this because it is interesting her timing on that. The article you can find, Dangerous.com, uh, and it says, this is just the sort of uh, the subtitle to it that sums it up kind of. Now I'll run down the bullet points of the really juice of the article. Uh, Milo wrote, quote, two gay video producers stole tens of thousands of dollars from Tommy Robinson to fund shopping sprees, lavish dinners, and champagne-fueled parties in London's most expensive zip codes, says a string of witnesses. They endangered conservative celebrities by leaking security information to Antifa and worked with progressive journalists to cook up damaging stories about right-wing media figures. Former boss colleagues say their boss, Lauren Southern, knew about everything they were doing and encouraged them. Now, let's run down the basics of what these two kids were doing. They, okay, you got to buckle up for this one, buckaroos. This is a lot. And um, all that I've been reading the article, it's very long. I'm not even halfway through it yet. It's a long, long article that I'll encourage you to read to get a scoop in on this. So the bullet points of this article, the TLDR, is that, uh, according to Milo Yapos, they quote, 
Stole Bitcoin worth of $20,000 from Tommy Robinson while the activist was in jail to fund their jet set lifestyle. Booked a luxury Airbnb and bought six bottles of Dom Perignon champagne on Tommy Robinson's wife's credit card. Swapped camera equipment worth thousands of dollars for secondhand models they found on eBay. Worked with Hope Not Hate, an Antifa-affiliated far-left organization for years. Defrauded Alex Jones with inflated expense claims. Risked the life of Tommy Robinson by sharing his location with Hope Not Hate. Risked the life of Gavin McGinnis by sharing his travel itinerary with the same group. Circulated a fake, quote, email leak, unquote, about Milo Yiannopoulos. Doxing his husband while being paid by Yiannopoulos' tour operator for PR work. Defraud Lord and Southern with inflated invoices while being paid by her to produce a documentary. Defrauded rental companies by failing to... To return equipment and remain returning inferior models and broken units, mm. made a fake rape claim against a far left activist, bragged about having TV shows canceled with bogus suicide threats, doctored their clients' videos to embarrass them, including pitch shifting male voices upward, gloated about their exploits while showering far left activists with gifts, foods, and drinks at London's most expensive hotels, paid for by the conservatives they are working with. I'm almost done here. It's keep keep buckled up. Shared their misdeeds with Lawrence Southern, who laughed and egged them on. Disavowed Southern Robinson when we challenged them about their crimes, claiming they'd both been radicalized by the far right online. And the one part's not in this bullet point that I need to mention that I was starting to read. This was that there was a part there they talked about that Lawrence Southern was sleeping with other right wing personalities, higher up personalities, and was basically what the article dubbed sex ghostwriting. Or she would have sex with these right-wing uh, personalities, these right-wing, uh, you know, writers. One of them was from Breitbart to get writing from them or to get scoops. And she, they were claiming that she doesn't write any of her stuff or most of it. And that uh, she was sleeping with people to get them to write her documentary scripts, her speeches, and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, that's a lot of stuff right there. That is explosive damaging like you wouldn't believe i was shocked by everything i wrote or, or saw that milo wrote and it's just man you can't trust anybody these two guys sound like sociopaths yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like who, why do you guys spend so much money on don Perignon? like i've had that <laughs> taste any better than five dollar wine <laughs> like I, I literally me and my girlfriend like her parents gave us a bottle when we got our house and I, I had the Don Perignon, and I had this, like, $5, $5 wine I got when I moved into the house. And I was like, you know, I can't tell the difference. Oh, really? Like, she, yeah, it was, like, you know, some cheap bottom-of-the-deck champagne. It's just, like... Doesn't cost, it like, costs, hundreds of dollars, too? Yeah, it's, like, $300. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they but, were doing all this stuff. Uh, you know, living this lavish lifestyle and partying. And they, there's even a video where Kalen, you know, I guess it was for some reality show where they show him like partying, doing all stuff. And he admits in public on video that sometimes I use other people's credit cards to fund this. I was like, oh. Yeah, he's like crazy. He's got like a what, like $20,000 in debt or something like that? No, he stole $20,000 worth of Tommy Robinson's Bitcoin that was, you know, donations people made to tommy robinson no i read i read the actual article and they mentioned in there like milo mentions that the guy's like in huge debt oh like, yeah yeah so he, he is in huge debt 
goes to these like payday loan companies. So, yes. Which, by the way, you know, pro tip: never go to a payday loan company if you can prevent it, because they get like something like seven hundred times interest, like seven hundred percent interest over a year. Oh wow! Good mm -hmm. idea, but. Now, these guys apparently took out a bunch of these loans to help fuel their lifestyle, I guess, once things start going dry. Like, like dang, it's just so crazy what, like, who, who associates with who. And I'm really disappointed that Lauren Southern, like, associated mm. with these people. And, obvious, you know, there's obviously some truth to this, at least in my mind, because she would have probably mentioned this instead of going, like, radio silent after that like documentary that, that's just a little bit too much in there oh yeah that documentary was her biggest work ever she did no promo after it no touring no interviews nothing spent thousands of dollars on this documentary and she just goes oh i'm retiring now that makes no sense nobody does that you know you you get your money's worth of what you did and you know build your brand or whatever instead she just says oh i'm quitting private public life now and I think some of her, re and, you know, it, why she did it, you could make an argument a couple ways. You could say she did it because she was found out that these guys were screwing her over and she got scared and she was, you know, the kitchen was too hot. So she got out. That's possible. But at the same time, if the sleeping around stories are true and if she knew these guys were doing this, I think she was doing some other, you know, mischievous stuff that, she shouldn't have been doing, and then she got caught basically and got out before any other bad stuff could come out. Because she hasn't said a word about this, to my knowledge. Yeah, the timing is just wild. Yeah, it's wild. And I'm disappointed. Like what was that? It's like conserve a gate over here. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing because I always thought she did great work. She was, you know, a great right-wing personality on youtube that did a lot of good stuff and then i read this and i'm just disappointed absolutely disappointed if it's true tommy robinson i think i still think he's a good guy i think he, he's coming out of this fine because he really you know was just i think um um gullible or naive he probably thought you know these guys and that's what the article says that he thought that these guys could change and he kept sort of giving them second third fourth chances which i wouldn't do and you know they got the better of him and then when he went to prison they were stealing uh, money from him defrauding him apparently as the article says so that's pretty bad uh but i think you know these two kids are not gonna get hired for anything else in their life unless they join some far left thing but yeah. this is they'll this is get, bad they'll probably get far left gigs yeah well, I doubt the far left will hire them because they see they're defrauding people like yeah. i mean they might because they're just you know crazy but still who would really want to hire me even if exactly. you're like george Soros, we know they're gonna steal from you like no one wants to hire a, like a known thief exactly yeah. that's where yeah. i think they their lives are ruined forever by this i think they're done but it's bad oh man and Ezra Levant, the owner of Rebel Media, hired them originally. And he, oh my God, he kept giving them money for Ubers and for other stuff that they, because they kept saying they needed money. He paid for them uh, to get a better flat and, you know, move closer, I guess, to their work. He was doing all these nice things for them. And they were just, you know, taking the money and pocketing it or using it to pay for their lavish lifestyles. And this is, you know, they eventually got booed from the rebel and they claimed Ezra was this bad guy and all that. When it turns out Ezra, from what this article says, was actually trying to help them and 
in the end, he got, you know, he had to get into some legal battles because he was like, well, where's this money going? Why do they keep asking for so much money? Well, see, it seems like always people who are, like, shady in some way came from Rebel Media. Like, who've done some stupid things in the past. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's just this, like, think tank, like, this boot camp for, like, conservatives who end up having, you know, skeletons in the closet. Mm. What do you think of Lauren Southern now? Do you think those stories of her uh, sex ghostwriting are true? I could see it. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise I, me. I, like, you don't just come out with that accusation willy-nilly. Like, mm. especially when you get guys who claim this has happened. Like, I mean, it could be, you know, one guy, but if there's multiple people, you know, the fact that she decided to go and take a hiatus instead of defending herself and against nothing. these nothing. Yeah. Nah, nothing. peep. Like, if there's no truth to this, you can bet she would be, like, fighting this yeah, tooth and nail. Like, this would be considered slander. You know, to go and say someone like a, a conservative especially is engaged in these sort of disgusting behaviors. You know, you need to defend, like she would defend herself if she was truly in the right. You don't just let stuff like this, you know, especially going on as like high profile as it is, just sit there and stink. Yeah, and I'll read the part about the sex ghost for and give a little more context for people. It says, quote, an early example of Southern sex for ghostwriting phenomenon is Breitbart reporter, um... Alan Bakari, I won't say that name right. Al Alan Bakari, with whom Southern began a short sexual relation in Los Angeles in late 2015. She cut off contact in typically abrupt fashion, leaving Bakari heartbroken for over a year, during which time associates of hers made embarrassing secret recordings of Bakari as leverage in case he ever considered reviewing their intimate encounters. This author acquired copies of those recordings at the time and retains them to this day. There is no suggestion that Southern and Lewin John, who used to identify as transgender, had a physical relationship. Whew, that's bad. And there's nothing. Like, look, I'm, I was looking at, at her Twitter. I was looking at her Twitter feed. There's nothing in the tweets or tweet replies. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they said that, quote, Southern famously writes very little of her own material and is often embarked on sexual license with men who have helped her with video scripts or notes for her content. I wonder, remember she did that tour with Stefan in Australia? I wonder, I'm not saying this happened for anybody that texted me in the comments or on the phone lines. I wonder, did she sleep with Stefan? Uh, yeah, I'm actually interested in what uh, Stefan's whole like uh, involvement with this is. Now, personally, I don't think he would sleep with Lauren Southern. Yeah. I would, he doesn't seem like that type of person, but I, I could be wrong. But I do wonder, like, to what extent he knew of this. Now, what what could have mm. happened, I think, is more likely, like, whoever managed the tours, you know, she could have done it there. And I think, cause I, I think Stefan, like, legitimately saw her work and, you know, wanted to be involved with that. But whoever is managing it, I could see that possibly happening. But maybe there is some evidence for that. And that would be really, really ironic if Stefan would actually do something like that. Yeah. Because if you listen to his, you know, works, and he does mention like how he's had the op opportunity to go and have multiple affairs throughout his life, and he, you know, n apparently never went through with them. So oh, that would really? be, really, yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of Stefan. Like I like, I like his work. He can be a bit condescending at times, but you know, he does <laughs> good work. Tries to get philosophy out to the masses. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll give him that, especially like conservative philosophy. There's not too many conservative philosophers out there. Right. At least not that we're going to do a YouTube show like that. 
Yeah. So I just kind of wonder where he sort of, uh, you know, falls into all this. And I, I haven't taken a look at his channel. I wonder if he's actually like kind of addressed any of these uh, issues of what happened with Lauren Southern. Well, the one thing he did do, I'll check his channel now, but the one thing he did do was he did Lauren Southern's goodbye interview. Her last interview was with Stefan. He probably leveraged that. that. He probably leveraged that. How did he leverage that? <laughs> I will I will not speak. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's look at Stefan's channel. Uh, uh, I don't... No, it's, I, I see Lauren Southern farewell interview, and that's it. I don't see anything yep. else talking about this. Hmm. So that's that's interesting to say the least. Very interesting. And my, like I said earlier, I'll say it again. In Milo's Telegram, he posted a message saying, "I am told there's a lot more to come out about the Lauren Stefan Australia tour. Even more darning. It says a different word, but I'm gonna yep. say darning for the radio. If Lauren kept the boys around after that, if what I'm hearing is true, I'll do some digging and get back to you." Hmm. Interesting. I gotta like I I like uh, I do, I I do like like of course not everybody agrees with his opinions and whatever but I gotta say for journalism that is some like he's he's put out some he's an actual journalist himself, he's put out some know, really good risk. stuff Milo like, yeah oh yeah I okay I I'll be clear like I you know because some people have been on off the Milo ship. I've always loved Milo. The second I saw him in that Dave Rubin interview, that was the first time I saw him. I've loved him ever since. He's funny, witty, smart, provocative. hes I've always said he's the rock star the right needs. He's the best thing other than Trump we have going for us right now. And I've always loved him. I've loved all his you know, t-shirts, his slogans, his speeches, his skits. I'm going to love his new show coming up soon. Uh, but... Uh, one thing that this is something I look for in people, especially in politics, especially in today's politics, is authenticity. Mm -hmm. He is probably one of the most authentic people out there. Anybody that's willing to write a piece like that has so much respect for me. Assuming it's all true, assuming it's all true, incredible and all that, blah, 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 blah. This is one heck of a comeback for this guy because Milo, you know, he was a rock star in 2015, 2016, you know, on these campuses raising uh, a heck of a lot of um, turmoil and fun and just people are losing their minds over this guy, this gay conservative Trump lover. And, you know, he once he started getting removed from these platforms and, you know, that pedophile scandal came out that turned to be total, you know, uh, fake news against him, he, you know, kind of went out of the spotlight because he also got married to uh, his lover and has since, you know, kind of taken time off and sort of, been banned from everything, but now he's coming back. I can't wait for his show. This is a great prologue uh, for his show and for his comeback. And I, I give him lots of credit. I, I really value his authenticity, his willingness to clean out the trash on the right rather than, you know, let it rot and just sit there and fester and smell and nobody does anything about it. I give him lots of credit. Well, here's the thing with Milo, too. It's kind of funny. He was the first big journalist to actually break the Gamergate. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. And now he's breaking, like, basically the conservative version of that. You know, he does real journalist work that not many people actually do. This was investigative journalism. He has all the documents. I have the documents, as Alex Jones would say. He has all these screenshots, all this evidence supporting his claims. He's doing 
actual investigative journalism. Like, it's great work. Absolutely great work. Like, CNN says it, like, all the time. Like, oh, you need to go be nice to journalists and respect them. But, you know, honestly, of all the journalists out there, he's probably one of the few that still, like, lives up to that motto. Yes. You know, he could do a lot more. Like, like a lot of this stuff for being, you know, from his particular standpoint, it's like this was actually pretty objective. I mean, and he does go after stories, even if, you know, it, it affects people that he knows. Yeah. Like that, that takes a lot. You know, it's one thing to go against, you know, like a story that 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 uh, goes with your hypothesis, you know, goes with your real worldview. Mm-hmm. But it's completely different to go after something that, you know, is, is more or less sacred to you to go against people that you may have considered friends at one point. Yeah. So I give him a lot of credit for that and for you know basically everything that he's done. And I think that the hit job over the you know pedophile like allegations about his own, you know, encounters when he was a boy and molested by a priest according yeah. to him. Yeah. Now maybe it was maybe it was a terrible joke. Maybe it actually happened. I don't know. I I think he's dealt he's dealt with it. You know, it's time to move on. He's doing real work and I think that platform should give him another chance a hundred percent yeah absolutely yeah i i've you know i i have way more respect for people like milo gavin mcginnis tommy robinson even laura loomer even though i don't really like a lot of stuff she does because at least these people are fearless authentic and they're not this sort of fake conservative um you know mask they don't have this fake conservative mask that some of these other people have like even crowd i'm a little lukewarm on lauren i'm disappointed on and a little lukewarm on uh glenn backs of you know not a conservative from my viewpoint i've never really liked him but those types i'm not big fans of but the ones i named there they're my high caliber rounds that i go back to when i really want some authentic content and he, Milo deserves a lot of credit for this, and I, I always respect him. I'll give Alex Jones credit too. He's one of the other <laughs> people, kind of like Milo, who's been completely disenfranchised by the left wing establishment. Yeah. Now you know everyone. Yeah, you know, he's done some things in the past that were, you know, questionable. Wrong, questionable, you know, complete BS stuff. He probably found off of 4chan, but you know, he he'll be the only one to go after certain things. And sometimes he's wrong with those. And when he's wrong, you should apologize. But, you know, out of all the people out there, he seems like he really cares about what he does. He's willing to go to court and, you know, testify about all this stuff. Mm, you know, we were watching some him. of those. We were. You know, that, that takes a lot. So for someone who fall, who's fallen so hard, it would be so easy to go and renounce his beliefs and join CNN or something. Exactly. But you know, he keeps it up. He's a small business owner. You know, trying to go and weather the storm out there. Yeah, we were watching uh, Dictator and Phil and I after last show. These, what were they? Uh, Dispositions. Dispositions of Alex Jones and Sandy Hook hearing and trial. Oh, my God. The prosecutors were being downright just awful. Stereotypical scummy lawyer to him. It was really bad. And this YouTuber that was a lawyer was just showing how bad, you know, their... Uh, techniques were and how just downright just dumb some of the stuff they were doing was and I was like wow they were really to admit to something that you know why would he want to admit to something like that it's a completely non-fact based yeah do you believe what you like I forget what it was months like dang 
Yeah, I, I really do hope that he can come out on top of those. I don't know what's going to happen. He did he did goof, but mm. I don't know if that's something. Like, I do believe we have freedom of speech, and I do believe that freedom of speech allows you to go and say things that, you know, you know there's a lot of leeway with freedom of speech, or at least there right, should be. Right. Now, I don't think what he did rose to the level of criminal conduct. Was it stupid, and, you know, you shouldn't say stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. But... You know, especially for that prosecutor to go and say, oh, you're destroying evidence because YouTube deleted all your videos. <laughs> he didn't have control yeah, of that. Yeah, who the heck is that, like, that lawyer for them? That, that guy's a, mm, he should be disbarred, <laughs> I think. Like, he just says stuff like that. Who, like, have you, is he, like, some sort of boomer who never, like, <laughs> went on the internet for, like, a day and knows how YouTube works? Yeah. Is he expecting to go and back up, like, hundreds of thousands of hours of videos because at some point there might be some sort of, you know, p- apocalypse where his entire channel gets taken down and all the evidence goes away? Yeah. Like, no, he's not a TV station. He, he uploads to a platform. He's, at that point, you know, we had YouTube and, I guess, Infowars.com. But I don't know if he's really backing it up to Infowars like he does now because that's all he has. I'm getting I'm getting a telemarketer. <laughs> oh really? You're getting a telemarketer? Yeah. I I I know some people I know some people can't stand them, right? But if I have free time, I actually get a kick out of messing with them too. So like yeah, like like, and I and I have different. Well, obviously, you know, you you know me, Dictator Phil. I have a couple of voices that I do. Um, a couple of them I really can't do on the radio show, but but one of them is like you know I'll I'll do the uh, I'll I'll do this like old like abusive husband or boyfriend kind of thing, and uh, and it'll be like um, so so they'll call and and I'll be like hey what, what's going on. And then they'll they'll try to give me their spiel, and then they'll get. When are we eating? I'll be like, shut up, woman! Fed <laughs> you yesterday. Quit you complaining. <laughs> Gee, feed them yesterday, and all of a sudden they feel like they're entitled to stuff. <laughs> anyway, and then and then if they don't, and then if they don't do that, and if they don't even move, like I'm I'm seeing how far I could take it before they hang up. So like, and if then if they don't hang up, then I'm like. And then I'll then I'll say something crazy like yeah you know what and, and like the la- like the last telemarketer I messed with it was like a bath remodeling company uh-huh, or whatever okay. yeah so they're like great it's a good thing you called I, I I messed up my last bathtub after cooking some meth <laughs> I could really use another bathtub right about now <laughs> and and then and then they'll be like and then if they still don't move. Then I then I kick it up even further. Oh yeah, even further. And then I'll be like, oh well, you know, when I'm done cooking my meth, I like I like to you know put the put bo- human body parts on ice <laughs> and try to get get a good deal for them on the black market. <laughs> and then yeah, I'm, the whole time. And if they're still doing it, then I have to kick it up another notch. Oh, there's more. There's more. There's more. I just can't say it on the line 90.7 FM. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, I get a joy. I get a kick out of it. I, I, like, you know, I know. Do the telemarketers get a kick out of it? eh, You know, it's it's, it's give and take. Yeah, yeah. You know, can't, 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 you know, appease everyone. (laughs) Everybody's a critic, too. Well, 
Uh, one thing I want to talk about because we talked about a few shows ago was a sex ed class that T and I are taking that's rather interesting to say the least. Uh, I want to update you guys on the past two weeks because we've had book clubs where we talk about various things from this feminist uh, fan fiction of a book uh, that have been quite interesting. So last week we were talking about, uh, you know, what why men and women do the things they do and beauty standards and all that stuff. Oh, we we're talking about my, uh, let's see. It wasn't about that. It was more like about like hookup culture and, oh, We weren't talking right. about hookup culture. Oh, really? No, last week. Oh, last week? When oh. we were talking about like what men like in women, what women like in men. Remember that? Remember I was talking about uh, how I start off by saying men and women are different at one point. Can't say damn. Darn. Gosh darn it. Dang it. <laughs> it's dang or darn. Darn it. Well, last book club, we were talking about, you know, the differences, you know, between men and women. I said, just, just plain, I said, well, I, for better or worse, men and women are different. And we won't give away names. We'll just call one person psych major and the other, not you, the psych major, different person Sadness in our class. prevails. <laughs> A person called psych major and then a person called women's study major. And those two people like looked at each other, you said. They gave each other like, oh, he's speaking. Yeah, they both gave each other that weird look like, oh, the misogynistic person in class is speaking. Um, prepare for, uh, prepare, prepare our ears. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I started talking about how men and women do different things to attract the other sex. And I said, well, men, we get big and muscular, even though I don't have muscles. It's not all cases. It's just most men do that. Literally degrading yourself. Uh, uh, Self-deprecation, I prefer to call it. And, Same thing. Okay. Shush. And we, we said that women like a strong man. like And, and the... I, I, I forget what the uh, psych major started off by saying, but I think she started off by saying that's a very heterosexual attitude. What about non-binary people? What about these people? I'm like, oh. She looked you dead in the eyes, be like, you have a very misogyn uh, or like heteronormative, heteronormative uh, view on like a beauty standard, something <laughs> like that. And then from there, the t um, our professor, he stopped her right there, be like, oh, yeah. you're a little bit too extreme on your views and like made us all like, you know, ask us a question like, what do um, what do you prefer in guys? Or like something like, um, uh, do you prefer a guy like, who's tall, masculine, um, you know, um, all muscles that. Muscles and a six, pack, a six pack ab or somebody that has none of that. Yeah. And everybody said, even the guys were like, yes, I want the guy with the muscles. The only person that didn't was her. Only one. Whoa, right. I've got muscles everywhere and I shave everywhere too. Whoa. <laughs> I think she was a minority that day. I think she was. But things got more interesting this week at last Friday's uh, book club because we were talking about rape, sexual assault. Bunch of touchy subjects, yes. And it started off, he was asking about this girl in the book who reported a man for raping her. But she, in the book, she said how, oh, I felt a little sympathetic from her, like I was sorry. He, she was kind of conflicted and, you know, felt weird about it. And I, you know, our professor asked, you know, why did she feel this way? Because it doesn't sound right. And I said, well, 
you know, it's probably because she realized that reporting a rape has a lot of power. Like with Title IX, you can completely ruin somebody's life. You know, it's a very serious thing she was doing. And right after I said that, they all burst out laughing in the class. That whole right side that was all these sort of people, these feminists and SJWs were laughing. And I was like taken aback. So I was shocked. I'm like, why are they laughing? They couldn't handle it. They really couldn't handle it. Like, oh. A different opinion. They were like, oh, you know, women don't have any power. And I I was so baffled by it. I didn't understand how you don't have any power because people's lives have been ruined from these things like Title IX. The Duke lacrosse seems a perfect example. And the woman's uh, study major looked me dead in the eye and said that I was wrong. She's like, you're wrong. Uh, yo, there's no power. Women don't have any power. It's all the patriarchy. And the psych major agreed with that and was talking about, you know, oh, it's the patriarchy. And I asked her, I said, well, who's the patriarchy? Not all men, as she said, which had nothing to do with your question. Yeah, because I started sampling people because she said the patriarchy makes rape okay and acceptable. I said, okay, how many men here think rape is okay? She's like, oh, not all men. I'm like, what? I I, I think I hate that all men stuff. I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying society is not okay with rape. And society is made, made up of the majority of the people, so it um, kind of represents the majority. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, her point was absolutely silly. And she said it made us accepting of rape culture, which is stupid. Rape culture doesn't exist. It makes no sense to me. Like, like what... No, just, well, yeah. see, what man would be okay... Like, who, if you were... If they were, what man would be okay with their mom getting raped? What man would be okay with their wife being raped? Like yeah. that, that, that is how like the whole rape like culture thing kind of goes goes downhill. Not to mention, you know, how many stories are there where it's like, you know, jo- like you know, you don't see King Arthur out there like bragging about how to, like rape Gwendolyn or something. No, that that's complete falsity. Mm. The not have, at least in the West. I don't know about other cultures, I haven't studied them enough, but I can fairly you know, you can pretty much assume that most like a good, a very, very large portion of cultures, you know, around the world, like pretty much all of them in the West, do not agree. Like they all agree that rape is a bad thing. Yeah, like it, it's been done for like people this agree that rape's a bad thing for years. Look at the Hammurabi Code. Like you know, if you rape someone, you know, you'll get like, you know, severe consequences. I don't know. Like that entire thing, you know, gets severe consequences. So I imagine rape is probably up there with it. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's so silly. And I brought up the example that, you know, we do not accept rape. Even rapists are beaten to a pulp or even raped in prison because rape is that bad. Oh, yeah. You know? it, it ties, Prisoners don't like it. Yeah. And that ties into the whole Brock Turner case, which they brought up. And they're like, yeah. and then and the thing is, like with Brock Turner, the entire nation hated his guts. Everyone right, left, middle, whatever, um, really hated him. Uh, there are severe backlash on him, which is an example of society not accepting rape. Yeah. Yeah. And the professor, even after after that outburst, where they all freaking like, ah, you know, for saying these reasonable opinions, she, the uh, he, the professor, you know, said that everybody's got to calm down and not all jump at Sean and call him and say that you're wrong. And you know, he said, you know, even though Sean seems like on an island, like most people, you know, or a lot of people in this country have that viewpoint. And when I said that rape culture doesn't exist, I had to flout say it to be upfront with them. One girl that was different from the women's studies and the psych major said that, oh, it, it, it trickles down from the patriarchy. Like it starts there and just trickles down, which I don't understand how that makes any sense. I don't understand that. You know, it's ironic. You know, they don't believe, they don't believe in trickle down economics, but they'll believe in trickle down like rape. <laughs> like how does that make any sense? 
you know, you can explain that. Like, no, that that does not happen. Like, you know, maybe in like Hollywood and stuff, like with within certain really small groups, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I could see there being some sort of rape culture within like let's say Hollywood elites or like maybe certain, you know, really messed up fraternities. They have like sort of things like that, but for the vast majority of people, mm-hmm. like and these people they wouldn't want the women in their lives to be raped. They would they would not agree with that. It's more of just they're corrupt. Like we don't have a murder culture just because, you know, some people murder some people. Like maybe certain groups are fine with murdering like, you know, gangs, but it's not as society as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking on like frats and the sororities, like there has been um, a girl involved in like uh, involved in this, and she, um, I think she, within like everyone else, had the most reasonable um, explanation to uh, the whole rape culture, quote unquote, here at a college. Yeah, because she said that in her sorority, they basically, because she was like the counselor about rape and sexual assault and she said for her sorority when they heard about frats that had a rapey culture or were rapey she told her sorority people don't go to these frats don't go to their parties that's the best thing you can do is tell them not to go to these things it, okay so and and then and then and then when uh when i hear somebody say that oh they should be able to go yeah like, like women should be able to go somewhere and not have to worry about of being course. assaulted or ra- of course nobody i don't think anybody's going to disagree with you on that particular part but idealistic yeah it's not the world we live in but but that's like saying okay so that's like saying i shouldn't i i should be able to drive my car in a back alley in new york city leave it unlocked and not have to worry about it it or the contents in the car getting stolen yeah it's like i should feel that way but is that a realistic scenario is that a realistic possibility yeah so they have places for women to go to if they're like real you know they have like places for specifically like women who've been like in abusive relationships where they can go and like you know sanctuaries for that so i really don't know what they're talking about with this stuff either yeah well they also brought up that uh, there were a bunch of our people that were starting to say that we aren't outraged about rape. You know, President Barron isn't making a speech about it, and nobody seems to be doing anything. And then that means that we accept rape. And I said, no, that doesn't, you know, because that's what they were describing as part of rape culture. And I thought, no, we're just desensitized with it. Like with violence, we see mass shootings all the time. We go, oh, there's another one. Or we see violence in video games. We're like, oh, just violence. Like violence is everywhere, and we're just desensitized by it. And I just said that rape is one of those things we're desensitized to. And that it's no. also no, I, that's that's garbage. I I, that, that, saying that, what? saying that, like, no, because what their point is, like, when we see it on the news, we don't jump out and do something about it. When we get those text alerts, we don't jump and try to do something about it. Everybody in society, like you and me. And I said, well, it's the same thing, like, when on TV well, I see people getting shot yeah. in Philly, I don't jump out and do something nobody else does either when opioid the opioid crisis is happening right now and killing more people than we're killing vietnam not everybody's freaking out and outraged about it i was saying that's the same thing with rape yeah well no like the thing is when you get these text alerts like usually they're so nondescript like what are you going to do just find every like male within the mile radius and just round them up no like you you know it it does happen and it's there's so many people here a lot of large numbers it's going to happen to certain amount of people just given the way that society is and it's sad and you know i hope that they can improve that and to say that the university is an outrage over at least when i was at penn state i had to go and take this whole like 
online seminar about like you know rape and you know don't do it mm-hmm. like fifty thousand times, and you know the university does care about this, so I really don't know where they're getting this idea that they don't. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing they said though is that. Um, you know, when they were talking about, like, why aren't these rapists put away? And I said, because it's very hard to prove a rape. Like you were saying with that, you give these very vague descriptions, and we live in a system of due process, so it's really hard to prove these things. That doesn't mean we accept it. It's just it's hard to prove. And on top of that, you know, when I was saying that, all those things about that we're desensitized and that it's hard to prove this, the psych major uh, says to me, oh, so do you think we should do nothing to stop rape? I'm like, I didn't say that. We're I'm not just doing nothing. We're not doing nothing. Yeah, now. That, 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 that's that, that's idiotic. Like, no, there is a process. Like when 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 one of these events happen, one of these tragic events happens, there's a process, right? You 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 file your complaint. You get your, the support you need, um, and and then the then an investigation happens where yeah. they where they gather the information and if there's enough information to where they can give a they could have they have a case to be able to charge somebody and then maybe convict somebody then they run with it but out but you know that process has to happen before somebody gets you know well and it was funny about the whole process of this the one the psych major at the end of this was complaining that in the book where a girl you know a accused her rapist and you know talked to the cops and put him on trial and all that she said well it was men that had to help her out it was men that will have to intervene it was men that had to do this and i'm like she's complaining that men are helping out and i'm like well doesn't that one go against your whole idea that we accept rape and that there's a patriarchy and number two what's so bad about men helping out yeah, why is that well, bad thing well you know if there was more women police officers to help out yeah there you go that, that you know blame women for not applying to be police officers if, if there was more women owning guns that'd be something too yeah yeah i went into at the end like things men and women should do it got a little cut off but the one point i made at the very end before i was, I was gonna go into more but i got cut off i said maybe we should all kind of calm down with the alcohol because these all happen in out al- when alcohol is involved and they all freaked out like oh my god Let's just stop drinking. I'm like, I didn't say that. No, don't stop drinking. When you drink, just understand there are consequences to drinking. And then what you want to do is like lessen your consequences. Like by, for example, don't drink too much. Um, Make sure the people around you are safe. Oh, yeah. In a frat house. Um, maybe limit your, if you want to go to a frat house, just drink less when you go to a frat house. If you want to do that. But understand these frat houses are not always safe. And obviously, Emma, keep in mind which frat houses to go to, which are safe, which are not yeah. safe. Yeah. Um, When you want to like drink really heavy um make sure there's uh someone sober with you that's gonna like watch over you guys or maybe one or two people just lessen your consequences when you go out do something dangerous that puts your mind in like an altered state yeah there there needs to be some personal responsibility in your decision making yeah exactly it's like you know you know that if you go somewhere where you go to a party where these things have happened before and you do and you start drinking and you start like like you start now you start and of course no one deserves to for something tragic like that to happen but you're you're in when you make these decisions you're increasing the odds of it happening exactly and life life is a game of odds man like if you if you make these the, these bad decisions like you go into a frat house and then you decide to drink 
and then you decide to like like you know make other decisions you're increasing the odds of of the these tragic events happening mm-hmm. and it's like at what point does personal responsibility come into play yeah for you like yeah and they all rage quit after my alcohol comment which wasn't even anything radical but it's a crazy class let me tell you those people are radical last word alex and we have to close out if you have told them that you're a muslim they probably would congratulate you (laughs) i should say that be like it's haram to drink yeah yeah that's that's the thing they don't like it when you know it seems like a straight white you know either christian or non-religious person this like is against alcohol but it's okay when you know a minority religious group is yeah i don't know it just doesn't make any sense to me and here's the thing too like you have to be smart like you know it's a shame that we live in a world where people do bad things but that's the world that we live in like you don't go to the ghetto in like baltimore washington dc wearing like you know looking like the monopoly guy with just like money bags hanging around and expecting to come out with out any sort of potential issue thank you for listening we'll be back next week with more real news